How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Welcome to the Storytelling Loop with Joseph Saracy. I'm feeling a little bit tired this morning, so uh, I'm going to summon the power of 10 tigers. I could probably tell this story with just six or seven tigers, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the full 10. I think I need it today. I told a story a couple weeks ago about uh, my car. A couple mice stole it. Driving around on the ice, I was chasing them on my bicycle. Well, eventually they drove it off the cliff, the gorge out here, the, the Rio Grande Gorge. And, uh, you know, the mice, they survived. I survived. We're okay. Everybody's all right. But the next morning I woke up and, <laughs> you know, I'm, oh, it's like it all happened in a dream. And so I'm trying to figure out, geez, what am I going to do now? I walk outside, I see the tracks in the snow. There's my footprints, there's the mice footprints. They're living in a couple of my old snow boots now. They peek their heads out, they're looking at me all kind of cute, you know, because they don't want to get in trouble. And I see tire tracks all over the yard because the mice had driven it basically everywhere doing wheelies and stuff. And, uh, you know, my heart sank low. That's the truth. I mean, my car is at the bottom of the Rio Grande Gorge. You know, it's like almost a thousand feet down there. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what am I going to do now? Because A, I need a new car. But uh, pretty soon, another idea popped in my head because I realized that, you know, sooner or later, somebody's going to find that car. And, um, you know, this is how it works in the world. And they're going to report it to somebody and they're going to figure out that it's my car. And so I'm thinking about that a little bit and I'm like, oh, geez, we got to do something because I know how it works. Here's how it works. You know, there's a lot of cars in the world. Who knows whose car is what car? But, you know, every car has a license plate on it, right? You know, if somebody finds my car in the middle of the Rio Grande Gorge, they're going to call the cops. That's what they do. The cops eventually are going to make their way down there and they're going to look at the license plate and they're going to look it up and they're going to go, oh... This car belongs to Joseph Saracy. We better uh, go investigate. So I'm thinking I'm going to get in trouble, right? So I decide, all right, you know, if I, was, if I was really a better man, I would be thinking about how I could clean up my car down there in that beautiful, pristine river. But I'm selfish. That's just how it was, or at least I was in that moment. And I'm thinking, how can I get my license plate off that car? You know, the truth is, it's not that hard to get the license plate off. You just really need a screwdriver. So I went to my toolbox. I had a pretty free day that day. I got a screwdriver and I got a socket wrench for no particularly good reason. But, you know, if you ever played with a socket wrench, they kind of like spin around. I just kind of like that. And um, so I got my screwdriver. It's a flathead. And I got my socket wrench. And I'm walking down my driveway 
Can't drive there, of course. Following the path from the night before, going to go down, try to find my car. Well, as I'm walking down, I look behind me, and the two mice are following me at a little bit of a distance. They don't want to get too close because they know I'm upset, you know? They just crashed my car last night, so they're keeping their distance. But I think to myself, yeah, well, you better come. You just ruined my car. You better help me out or something. So we're walking down the road, and they're a little bit behind. But it was a nice day. You know, it's still winter. It was snowy. And now, in the light of the day, you can see the tracks of the car everywhere. And I have to admit, I mean, it was like a circus show last night. You can see that the car was slipping and sliding and twisting all over it. You can see it in the snow. It's not on the road. <laughs> you know, some of it's on the road, but a lot of it is just all over the place. Maniacs, those mice, are not very good drivers. But it's kind of beautiful, too, because you can follow the tracks in the snow, figure eights, figure... 18s. I don't know. But there's also prints of coyote from last night and the bird prints. You know, one of the best things I love in the snow is when the the birds land in the fresh snow. They'll land and then they walk around and you see those little three toes of their uh, feet. But when they take off, that is the coolest thing because they flap their wings and the very first flap, it just barely grazes the snow and you get this mark of the feathers on the snow, and then it disappears. It's like, where there's nothing left. Where'd it go? Well, it went up into the air. But when you see that in the snow, it's really beautiful, especially a big bird. The little songbirds leave little six-inch prints, but a big bird like an owl leaves a print about a foot and a half wide. It's amazing to look at. So I'm walking, looking at the tracks, and I'm cheering up a little bit, you know, because I like these things, and I like my life, and I like walking. You know, it's the truth. So maybe I can get by without a car. And the mice are following me. Now, it's a circuitous route to get down to the river. I can't walk up to where the car had plunged over the edge because I can't myself just jump off a cliff. I don't have that capability. I have to go the long way, you know, on two feet. But there is a way to do it. It's a few miles. And I'm walking down the road and I'm enjoying myself. And I've got my little socket wrench I'm spinning in my hand, kind of like a little noisemaker. And finally, I make my way down to the river. There's a bridge there. I'm probably a good mile from where the car is. And there's a guy in his van in the distance. Looks like he's getting some fishing gear out. Yeah, well, hey, good luck to you, buddy. And there's a family out early in the morning you know, especially in the winter, it's cold. But two little kids, a boy and a girl, and they're running, throwing rocks into the river, crunching the ice at the side. Yeah, that's fun. The mom and dad are smiling, looking at them. Well, I cross over the bridge and I look to the south because I know my car's about a mile down there. And I start walking along the shore. There's a path for a little bit where the fishermen go, but eventually it Peter's out, and you're just kind of scrambling through willows and rose bushes and that kind of thing. And the mice, about 10, 15 feet behind me, following in my footsteps. Well, I'm walking and walking, and finally the sun comes out. Now, the sun takes a long time to get in the gorge because it's a little canyon. It doesn't hit that canyon till later in the day. But the sun peeks over the edge, and then you see it sparkling over the water. 
you can see the ice that forms on the rocks on the sides. It's pretty. And you hear the sound of the river. It's really quiet down there, especially in the winter. There's very few people. And I'm walking, enjoying that a little. And finally, I see this crumpled heap in the middle of the river. And I go, okay, well, that's, that's my car. So now I'm starting to feel a little bit guilty again because I'm thinking about the police officers that are going to discover my car later on and I'm starting to kind of sneak up even though I know nobody's really around. I'm taking those long, slow, careful steps, looking around left and right. Anybody watching me? Hmm? Hmm? Nah, it's cool. So I'm going slow, going slow. And on the other side of the river, I see a great blue heron. Has those long, skinny legs, stepping carefully, just like I am. I always love to see those guys in the winter because where I grew up, you would only see great blue herons in the summer. And then in the winter, they flew away because they migrate. But where I live now in New Mexico, this is where they come, some of them, in the winter. And sometimes interesting to see those big blue herons on the shore when it's freezing out. And I'm walking a little bit, trying not to disturb the blue heron, but they're private, you know. He took off. Well, I got down near my car and I think to myself, okay, this is it, you know. There's a car mangled, all smashed to pieces, kind of in one big heap in the middle of the river, and the water's rushing left and right. There, to one side, is the back of the car with my yellow license plate on it. I'm thinking, all right, it's time to get tough, Joe, because you got to go get that license plate. (sighs) And the water's freezing. You know, at this point, the air temperature is probably about 25 degrees. Water temperature, probably right around freezing. It's not a river of ice. It's flowing, but it's real cold. And at this point, the river is about waist deep where my car is. So I roll up my pants. I take my boots off. I got my socket wrench and I got my uh, screwdriver. And I take a look at a mice and they kind of look at me from behind a bush. They give me a little bit of a smile. One of them maybe gives me a thumbs up. All right, thank you. And I go for it. Boom, into that river. Boy, that's cold. That's real cold. Up to my ankles. And I'm walking a little bit. Hello, it's kind of cold in this river. But, you know, I'm walking. It's all right. You do that thing, you know, if you breathe and you kind of just calm yourself, you're like, hey, it's cold. I'm cold, but I'm okay too. I'm all right. I'm just cold. So I'm walking. It's up to my knees. <laughs> oh my God, it's so cold. <laughs> but I'm kind of laughing at myself too. I'm walking a little bit, gets up to my thighs, now it's up to my waist, and now, you know, when it gets up to the waist, it starts to almost knock you over. But I'm holding on there, okay. And I get up to my car, and then I can lean on my car, so I'm, I'm stable. And I'm reaching down to unscrew the license plate, and I take off one screw, put it in my pocket, and then the license plate, you know, twists, and I get the other screw off, put that in my pocket, and I hold on to the license plate, and I take it, and I look at the shore. I kind of frisbee it to the shoreline. 
and the mice are over there and they're running, scattering, but it lands on the shore and it's safe. And I think, all right, I think that's basically it. Well, I'm standing there in the middle of the river when on the other side, guess what I see? Chipmunk. You don't really see the chipmunks too much in the middle of winter. And I look at him and the chipmunk smiles at me and I recognize him. And I think, oh my goodness, it's been three years or something. But I know exactly who that chipmunk is. And he knows who I am too. This is, you, you, you know, you got to go way back for this one. But that chipmunk once, basically the chipmunk stole my beard. It is a long story. But I, you know, I have one of those beards that comes on and off. You can unclip it when you're washing the dishes. That's what I do. One time it got misplaced. The chickens got it. The chickens threw it over the fence. The chipmunk ran off with it. He was using it as a little bit of a boat. He was paddling around in the river, having a good time. Now, there's also hot air balloons in the area. You see them frequently. And having seen the hot air balloons, Chipmunk turned my beard, you know, which is kind of like a little bit of a pocket when you're not, you know, when it's not on your face, and had turned my beard into a hot air balloon and flown actually pretty far away. And I chased him around, and it was a little bit upsetting for me because that was my beard. But eventually it came back and I got it um, and I clipped it back on. Well, I haven't seen that guy in years. And there he is all of a sudden on the shoreline and he looks at me. I can tell what he's thinking. And you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, Joe, you can't take your license plate off the car and figure out that everything's fine because your vehicle has a VIN number, a vehicle identification number. I can tell that just from the way that the chipmunk is looking at me. And I go, vehicle identification number? Well, <sighs> but I knew he was right. It's true. Every car, just, you know, it's not just a license plate, guys. They have a number. And it's like, I'm telling you, it's like 15 numbers and letters long. This is a big, long code thing. It is imprinted in your car in about three or four places. You can't just take it off. It's not just like a sticker. Oh, man. And the chipmunk is kind of smiling at me. But then, you know what he does? He pulls out from behind his back a lighter. Now, as soon as he did that, I realized what he had in mind because I remember when he made the hot air balloon out of my beard and he did it using a discarded lighter that some, you know, irresponsible person had left behind at the river. And I looked at him and he smiled. And I kind of smiled. I turned back and I look at the shore and the two mice that had followed, they were jumping up and down, kind of pumping their fists. Yeah, yeah. You know, I realized that the chipmunk is thinking, we got a hot air balloon in my car out of the gorge. But I'm thinking to myself, look, I, A, I'm not taking my beard off. And B, you know, a little hot air beard is not enough power. You know, you're not going to have enough lift to get an entire vehicle a thousand feet out of the gorge. But the chipmunk holds up his little finger and starts running around. Well, the truth is, the sad truth is, you know, there's, there's litter. There's garbage almost everywhere. And the chipmunk is running around. He's got a little plastic bag. He's got a little bag of chips. You know, there's no chips in it. It's just the bag now. He's got one of those little plastic drink box things. Looks like a little barrel. He's got a can of pop. And he starts collecting them on the shore. Well, I reach into my pocket. I happen to have a spool of thread 
in there because I was sewing a button on my shirt earlier that morning. And I realized I had, you know, at least a good amount of strength. So I started collecting some of these things from the chipmunk, tying them to different little places on the car where the top of the bag, you know, would be situated like a hot air balloon, but it's just a little one. And so we start tying them on and tying them on. And now the mice found a way to jump out over a series of rocks. And uh, I was able to hold out my socket wrench, you know, it's kind of make, make my arm a little bit longer. And they were able to jump from that rock onto the socket wrench, you know, across my arm. But you know, those mice, they don't go over the shirt, which would, would have been nice for me. They go under the shirt and I'm kind of, hey, come on, it tickles, it tickles. And they're going through my shoulder. Hey, come on. Oh, hey, guys, guys. And then, you know, and they come out the other side and then boom, they're on the car. So now they're on the car and they're tying off the different little, you know, litter, trash, hot air balloons onto my car that they had crashed the night before in the middle of the Rio Grande Gorge. Soon enough, we got about a couple dozen of those on there, but even still, I'm thinking this isn't enough. But Boy, I tell you, that chipmunk knows his way around. So he's running around. He's finding all kinds of stuff. Now, it took a good long while. But after about 45 minutes of solid work, A, I'm freezing because I'm still standing in the middle of that river. But we had about 273 little hot air balloon trash bag, pop can, beer can, thingy do's attached to my car. But, you know, it's cold out. So they're not inflated and big. They're just little and kind of just look like little pieces of trash tied to my car. So I'm looking, I'm thinking, well, I don't know that this was a good idea because I don't know how we're going to get enough heat to uh, fill these little hot air balloons. But the chipmunk comes up and he's got his lighter. And I'm thinking, one lighter, that's just not enough, buddy. But he hops out, a couple cross rocks, jumps out, lands on my hand, runs across. See, now he's polite. He goes on top of my shirt and around and then gets on the car, high fives the mice, and he starts heating up one of the hot air balloons. And it is beautiful the way, you know, there's this old discarded piece of trash. And, you know, when he heats up the air underneath, it's like a balloon. It feels like a balloon and it heats up and it actually starts rising. And you can see it now it's tethered to my car. It's tied there. So it just it just floats there. Kind of like a helium balloon, if you've ever seen one. But eventually, you know, when he when he turns the lighter off, it stays there and floats a little bit in the wind. Beautiful, actually. And uh but eventually it loses its heat and it just drifts down and deflates and lands on top of the car. And so I'm thinking, that's what I mean. One lighter cannot fill, you know, two hundred some little hot air balloons. Chipmunk jumps off and runs over my shoulder politely onto the shore and runs off. And I'm standing there with the mice. Finally, I go, Joe, get out of the river. You've been standing here for almost an hour now. So I climb out onto my car, dry off a little bit, roll down my pants. Now my boots are left on the shore there. So that's what you got. And I'm sitting there wondering, well, I don't know, probably Chipmunk realized that this wasn't going to work and just ran off and now deserted us. And now I'm sitting on the top of my car in the middle of the Rio Grande Gorge with a bunch of trash tied to it with two mice. And I ain't got got no shoes. Well, a couple minutes later, Chipmunk comes back. And Chipmunk has, I'm going to tell you, 13, 14 cousins with him. And each one of them has 
a beautiful, colorful lighter. One's red, one's yellow. One has like a football team on it. One's white, one's blue. <laughs> These chipmunks are, you know, they're resourceful. Well, they come to the edge. And now I'm on the car, so I'm leaning out. You know, I kind of, I'm, I'm kneeling on one edge and I'm kind of reaching out to them. And I put that socket wrench out. Gives me another, about another close to a foot. And they hop on the socket wrench. And again, every single one of them, very polite, go over the shirt. They're not tickling me. Just whoop, back onto the car. Over the shirt, whoop, back onto the car. Over the shirt, whoop, back onto the car. You know, boom, 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 boom. And now we've got about 13 chipmunks, all with lighters, on my car. Two mice and me, I ain't got no boots. Well, they start running around. And it looks like this one chipmunk had taught them how to make these hot air balloons. So they know exactly what they're doing. They've all got their lighters and they're going up to the different bags. You know, here's one that had some corn chips in it. Get that lighter going, fills it up. And now it's floating there in the air. It's beautiful. And the others are going, filling up an old pop can. Heating up that pop can. I mean, it starts to float in air. Now, it doesn't float away because it's tied down in my car, but it's literally just hanging there, floating in the air. It's kind of interesting. And they're all running around. And now there's seven or eight bags, a couple cans. Here's a beer can over here, all starting to float up in the air, tied down in my car. I'm still thinking to myself, there's no way my car's going anywhere. But, but I do think this is, it's just interesting to be here. I'm sitting on this car. There's a bunch of chipmunks. They are doing something interesting, even if it's litter, even if it's trash, right? It's cool to look at. And it's kind of floating in the air. It's like all these little balloons tied to my car. You know, it's almost like a, it's like a funeral. Okay, it's a funeral for my car. It's nice. I feel good about it. Well, they run around. I mean, you know, chipmunks are fast and they're filling them up and filling them up. And it's kind of like juggling because you have to heat up you know, each little one, and then it'll float for a little while, but you can't leave it forever. You got to come back to it and keep that air hot in it. And so they're running back with the lighter, keeping them up. Well, I'm going to tell you, after about five, 10 minutes, they've got mm, 150, 170 of these little tiny hot air balloons going pretty good on my car. And I'm sitting there just kind of stunned looking at them when I feel something start to give underneath me. And I kind of flip, whoa, you know, because I'm worried I'm about to fall and I feel the ground unstable, but it's, it's not the ground. It's the car. The car is starting to pick itself up out of the river, powered by all these tiny little chipmunk hot air balloons made out of trash. And I'm looking around, whoa, and they're running around, getting this one, getting that one, getting this one. And the whole car lifts out of the river and, you know, it's dripping. All that extra water is draining out, draining out. And once all the water drains out, the car gets even lighter. So now the car is so, it's starting to rise actually pretty quick because it's not, it's not as heavy. And we're getting 10, 15 feet off the ground. Oh my gosh. It's like floating down the river, but in a whole new way because we're not on the river. We're, we're in the air above the river. And actually, we're pretty stable. And each of those chipmunks running around, 
<sighs> keeping each one of those trash bag hot air balloons going. And the mice are they're laughing and clapping. And I got to say, at this point, I'm like, it's worth it. You know what? Screw it. It's worth it. My car is trash, but this is the most interesting experience I've ever had in my life. So we're rising and rising and rising up. And we finally get almost to the top of the gorge. We're talking about 800, 1,000 feet above where the river is. We start drifting north. And as we do, we go over the bridge where I had come down when I had walked earlier. And there was the family down there and the kids. And the two kids look up and they're like, whoa, what is that? And they're laughing and pointing, blah, blah, blah. But the mom and dad are kind of, they're not really paying attention. And eventually, as we pass by, I see them run and they're telling their parents, there was like a, there's like a flying car and it had all this stuff on it. And there was a guy, he was sitting on the hood and it was smashed and I don't know what, but it was floating through the air. And the parents are kind of rolling their eyes like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, boy, those kids and their imaginations, you know, okay, great. Because they never saw it. So we're just floating north, following the gorge, right almost at the level of the top of the canyon, you know, on each side, but it's still about 800 feet straight down to the river. And the chipmunks are running around, keeping those hot air bags burning. Well, we float like that for a long time. After a bit, I start thinking, well, where exactly are we going to go? Because maybe we got my car, we took it out of the gorge, but you know, we got it. We're going to come down eventually. Well, I'm going to tell you about 30, 40 miles north after a good two and a half hours up in the air on that car, I can see that the lighters are starting to run out. And the chipmunks, they're using as much fuel as they got, but they see that it's kind of the end of the ride, but they're not really worried. I'm thinking to myself, geez, guys, I don't want to fall out of the sky to my certain death. But uh, they're pretty experienced hot air balloon pilots, I guess. So they know that as the heat dissipates from the bags and the cans, that actually the car just will just start sinking kind of slowly. And that's what it starts to do. And it actually sinks in the canyon. We're still in the canyon, but just 30 miles north now. And as we're coming down, I'm looking down at, at the river and I'm thinking, well, what's going on with the river? Because there's not, nobody's moving. There's no movement in the river. And I look down and as we get closer, I realize that I guess up here, maybe it's colder. Maybe, maybe the river's a little bit shallower, but it is solid ice. It is a solid ice river. That's the first time I had ever seen it like that. And I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of interesting. And we're sinking down and sinking down, getting closer to that ice. And I look off in the distance, and you know what I see? It's a few more chipmunks. But uh, <laughs> now these chipmunks, they all have ice skates. And a couple of them are, are doing little like figure skate moves, you know, twisting and doing these beautiful arcs and curves. And a couple of them have hockey sticks, and they're playing a little game over by the side. And the river is... Um, it's just miles of ice, and I can see their little skate marks all over. And finally, our car is coming down, and I'm thinking, well, geez, I still don't know that it's a good idea to leave my car here. But I can see that this is a section of the river that is pretty isolated. There's not a lot of people here. I don't see any litter or trash. I don't see any footsteps. It seems like the animals really have made this their haven. And 
the car finally touches down on the ice. You know, it is all crumpled, so it's kind of like half of a tire on its side and a bent piece of metal and the muffler and blah, blah, blah. But it hits that ice and it just keeps going slowly. You know, it's just floating, sliding on the surface of that ice. And as they do, all the other chipmunks that were ice skating, you know, they're safe. They skate to the side because it's not going fast. The car's not going fast. It's going slow. But it's so heavy, it just keeps sliding. And they look by. And now all the chipmunks on the car, including me and the two mice, are waving. It's like we're in a parade. It's like we're in a, this is a big float. And they're all like, yeah, you're cheering us on. And we're, we're smiling. We you know, feel like celebrities now. And everybody's like, where, what, where did you come from? Where did you get that thing? You know, you guys just came out of the sky and they're like holding up their fists, laughing, cheering. And, you know, we're waving at everybody. Yeah, all right, you know? And, uh, well, the car's going slow enough that at this point I say to myself, you know, I could get off. And so I do. And I just step off onto the ice and it's slippery and I'm, I'm barefoot. I'm still barefoot, but the car, it's just going like about a foot every minute. You know, it's real slow, but it keeps going because it's so heavy. And now I'm standing on the surface of the river. And at the last minute, the two mice, I hear them go, beep, beep, beep. I stick out my arm and they jump and you know, they go right underneath my shirt. Hey, guys, come on. <laughs> come on. That's not... But, you know, and finally they pop out near the collar and they drop right into that breast pocket, you know, right, right over my heart. And they're poking out and they're looking. And we look back and there goes my car with 13, 14 chipmunks. And one of them has taken one of the plastic bags, the bigger ones, and, you know, they're able to cut off all the the string from all the hot air balloons and the trash and the litter, and they collect it all in that bag. One of them reaches, you know, all the windows are broken. They're smashed on the car now. So they reach down and they put the trash inside the car, and it just keeps sliding like that. And finally, I'm realizing the car's getting a good distance away. And I look down at my feet, and I see all these other little chipmunks ice skating and jumping. One's jumping over my toe. I'm thinking, this is a magical day. I like this day. I would do this again. When I look up in the distance and the car's getting away now, now it's, it's, it's still going, but there's a little bit of a bend in the river. And as I'm watching, it slowly drifts out of sight. That was the last time I ever saw my car. I don't know exactly what the chipmunks did with it. It took me, mm, I'm going to tell you, a good 10 hours to get back home. I was 30 miles north of my house on a frozen river without any shoes. Oh, but I did make it. And I managed to keep my socket wrench and my screwdriver and the two mice. And that evening when we got home, we warmed up, had some soup. I put some snacks out for the mice near their winter boots outside. I told them once again, you're welcome to live here, but you're not invited into the house. And they understood that. And that night, I went to bed having sweet dreams about my car, no longer smashed and stuck in the river, but floating eternally on a river of ice with 13 resourceful chipmunks. 
What did they do with that car? For listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart to heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at How to Tell Stories to Children.com and on our Facebook page. You will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. We like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time. <laughs>